Hey friends, welcome to 1000 Words, Stories on the Way. My name is Matthew Clark, and I'm really glad you're here this week. Thank you for stopping by. Um, This week I'm really excited because I'm welcoming a special guest, Leslie Bustard, to the podcast. And she will be sharing an original essay and also a closing poem with us. So let me introduce you. Uh, Leslie Ann Bustard says that she, quote, takes great joy in loving people, whether it's at church, around her kitchen table, or in a classroom, and that she delights in words and the way poets and storytellers put words together. And she marvels at the beauty found in the details of ordinary life. Uh, reading, writing, teaching, and I love this museuming. <laughs> These are some of Leslie's favorite things. Uh, she also homeschooled for 15 years, which led her to teach literature to 7th and 8th graders, and she even ended up running the theater department at a classical Christian school. Uh, she is one of the four partners with Square Halo Books, Uh And they have developed, and she hosts, a podcast called Square Halo, uh, which you can also listen to at squarehalobooks.com slash podcasts. She writes quite a bit. She contributes regularly uh, to The Cultivating Project and The Black Barn Online, and has also written for Deeply Rooted and Risen Motherhood. She and her husband, Ned, who is an illustrator, uh, have been married for 30 years, and they live in a century-old row house in, okay, let's see if I can get this right. I'm from Mississippi, so I want to say Lancaster City, but I know that's not right. They live in Lancaster. I think that's right. <laughs> that's where they raise their three daughters. And uh, right now, Leslie is putting together a book with Square Halo called Wild Things and Castles in the Sky, a guide for choosing children's literature. And that will be 40 essays written by a variety of writers and covering a variety of topics uh, to encourage adults as they are choosing books that plant the seeds and cultivate beauty, truth, and goodness for the children in their lives. Uh, Topics in that book will include reading poetry, enjoying Shakespeare, passing on the love of books, Um, cultivating the imagination, even talking to our children about race. So I'm looking forward to that book. Um, Personally, I knew about Leslie through Square Halo Books and then some mutual friends, but I met her at the Rabbit Room's yearly conference, Hutchmoot, a couple of years ago, and I just really loved getting to visit with her. Uh, Leslie has this incredibly warm presence She's one of those incandescent people who just quietly brings light and gentle joy into the room. Um, So I'm really excited to have her with us today. So be sure to visit the podcast webpage where I'll post Leslie's essay and I'll post all the links to her social media stuff. And that'll be over at matthewclark.net slash podcast. To introduce her essay, Leslie says, quote, When I was a homeschooling mom of three daughters, I believed I could manufacture through the right schedule or the right books, perfect days of learning and loving. But God had deeper lessons, 
of his long view work in his children for me to learn, end quote. So please welcome Leslie Buster sharing her essay entitled, He Who Began a Good Work. In my early days as a homeschooling mama of three girls, I searched for the magic bullet I believed was out there, or for the snap of a finger that would help me guide my young students to a smooth day of learning and loving. I was convinced that if only I could plan the right schedule or read the right books, we would be transformed into a delightful family of learners in a day or two without so much trouble. I could blame watching reruns of Bewitched and Brady Bunch as a child. In Bewitched, Samantha just twitched her nose and disasters were averted. In Brady Bunch, Marsha's problems were solved in 30 minutes, give or take a few commercials. But more likely, it was my need to know how God patiently works his ways in us over a long period of time. In the thick of the ups and downs of parenting and educating, oftentimes my eyes were not open wide to the good we were already doing. I was too anxious over what I was afraid we should be doing, but were not. And piercing my heart deeply was the desire to help my girls grow in their love for God, for others, as well as for beauty, truth, and goodness. Becoming motivated students focused on accomplishing their assignments in a reasonable amount of time each day, would be icing on the cake. Still, even those days when the homeschooling gods smiled down on me and the books, artwork, poetry, and history brought smiles to our faces and new ideas to our minds, there was always a little worry that it might not be enough. But God, He is kind He works his ways in us as we wrestle through our days. He has the long view in his sight. He goes before us even as he is with us, while we, his children, struggle to walk the path on which he has put us. God is patient and compassionate. He knows we are weak and made of dust. Over time, I learned that he who began a good work in us will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus as Philippians 1.6 promises. God is not surprised by our struggles, and as we learn to pray and trust, He continues to accomplish in us that good He has planned for us. Although this happened more than 10 years ago, one family story continues to remind me of how I easily expected good results quickly. It took living through ups and downs to see how God's patience and his long view brings about his ways in us. This story starts with the love my husband Ned and I share for Chadsford, Pennsylvania, an area near where I grew up. For me, its rolling green land and woods have found their way into my imagination, a land so steeped in history that when I was little, I could easily picture Native Americans quietly hunting around the trees, and George Washington camping with his soldiers. The drive down Route 1 in Chad's Ford near the Brandywine Battlefield and the Brandywine River Museum is as familiar and beloved to me as my childhood backyard. 
However, we live in Lancaster County, surrounded by farmlands and Amish buggies. I have a great affection for its beauty of springtime planted fields and rows of tall corn stalks that line back roads in summer. This is the land my daughters know well. Yet, decades of living here have not erased the unexplainable something that Ned and I love about Chad's Ford and how we want our girls to know the feel of it, too. One year, when our daughters were 14, 9, and 7, Ned and I decided to create a fall where they could experience a little of the autumnal beauty of Chad's Ford without taking a long drive, while also adding in memory-making family time. Expecting laughter and good times, we planned Tuesday night picnics at Rockford Plantation, which is nestled in nearby Lancaster County Park. The land around this pre-revolutionary war home looks much like Chad's Ford, and we decided the small green knoll facing the house and far-off woods would be our destination to eat and play together. I would pack our wicker picnic basket with favorite foods like chicken pot pie, brownies, and apple cider. Hershey, our chocolate Labrador, would come along. Sometimes we would bring a book to read together or a frisbee to throw. Preparing for this picnic fit well with my vision of adding ordinary traditions into our family life, activities that made for memories of laughter and unity, as well as our hope to hardwire the Brandywine aesthetic into our daughter's psyche. These picnics happened over the course of a couple of years more than a decade ago. Now I remember this time with great fondness. We laughed, played frisbee with Hershey, took walks around the fields, through poo sticks by a creek, and looked into the windows of the historic house. Thankfully, though, I don't remember the exact details of how difficult each girl was with each other as this new tradition started. I don't remember the grumbling or prickly words, and I also don't remember how deeply discouraged I was by the tenor of our family culture each week. But in fact, I was very discouraged. I had assumed the girls would enjoy this new change in our routine without a problem. But my vision of fall nights and family fun had been dashed by their grumbling during our first several outings. Staying home on Tuesday nights seemed a better option. Sometime after the first month of our picnics, when I was about to give up on these excursions, Ned wisely said to me, we'll keep doing them. Eventually, they will get into it and have fun. And one day, we will look back on these Tuesday picnics as one of the highlights of our life together. And he was very right. We kept going to Rockford with dinner in the wicker basket and Hershey on her leash. Eventually, the delight I hoped for settled into our picnic routine. The girls got older and weeknights busier and our picnic nights had to end. But every now and then we would head over for rambles in the woods, walks around the open fields, or a spell of sitting on the old house's wide porch. We'd reminisce about our picnics, especially the time when Hershey, off her leash, ran fast after a deer with all the girls screaming in shock and fear. Though the beginning of this Tuesday night picnic tradition didn't go just how I thought it would, now I see how sticking with it helped establish a beautiful tradition for us. The enjoyment we have in gathering together in a special way or with special foods has made its place in our family culture. 
reaping the harvest of these picnics at Rockford, now when the girls come to visit us, we sit around our kitchen table and have picnic of sorts. We have agreed that we love a spread of favorite cheeses and meats, crackers and chocolate, grapes and apples. With music playing and candles lit, we laugh and talk and relax. When the girls were younger, I wished and worked for our family time to be easier. I wrestled with God, complaining that I was trying my best and was seeking to do what I thought would be pleasing to him. Why did it have to be so hard? Over time, though, I learned, as he patiently taught me, that he who began a good thing in us was going to keep working it out. There would be no magic bullet or snap of the fingers, and it wouldn't happen in a 30-minute time period like those sitcom reruns I watched as a child. Gratefully, I can also say that as he has been working his ways in my family, he has also been working his ways in me, helping me grow in wisdom and patience. I am learning to see by God's longer view. And so, because of his steadfast love and faithfulness, I can say with the psalmist, Why, my soul, are you cast down? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. From Psalm 43, verse 5. Now, this section of the podcast is called The Benediction, and Leslie has actually written a poem called Benediction to send us out this week with a good word. So here is Leslie. A benediction. It comes from Psalm 65, verse 4. We are filled with the good things of your house, like the morning sunshine filling the kitchen windows and the yellow knitted throw on my lap, the books that line our shelves and the laughter around the table. Also, the words in my head that I scribble on lined paper and the songs we sing together Sunday morning. And always, the water on a child's forehead. And every week, the bread and the wine placed in my hand with the blessing, the body and blood broken for you, take and eat. Well, in light of Leslie's essay and her poem, I'm praying that the Lord would open our eyes to see his long view of things, that we'd not try to outpace the Lord himself, and that we would grow um, more deeply in a loving trust with our Father and with one another. Uh, So thank you so much to Leslie Bustard for sharing with us this week. Uh, Please go find her on Facebook at facebook.com slash leslie.bustard. That's L-E-S-L-I-E dot B-U-S-T-A-R-D. And let her know that you enjoyed her essay and her poem. And then please also go check out all of her other writings. Um, Well, that is all for this episode of 1000 Words. Thanks so much for stopping by, and I will see you next week.